podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listener, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 293, which I'm sure is significant in some way, but I can't think of why. I'm Trev Downey, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, and I am joined by Carl Kopak, by Cam Branch, and producer Guy Drinkle, as we endeavour to bring you more Reds-based chat. And I do have something to start with uh, this week, which is going to surprise uh, both Carl and Cam, I think, because I have a little quiz question for the two of you, because I don't normally do the quiz questions. So I have a quiz question for you. And it's this. It's the first person to answer is the supreme quiz champion of the world. Okay, that's the official title. Last night, Curtis Jones scored in the Champions League. And he became one of the three youngest goal scorers for Liverpool in the Champions League. Trent Alexander-Arnold was the other one of the three. Who was the third? The three. Stevie J. It was not, but you, the first person to get it right is the champion, so... <laughs> No, it's not Adam Lallana, Guy Drinkle. Is it Stephen Wright? It is not Stephen Wright. Oh, scored against Dortmund with a shoulder. Michael Owen? Or was that too obvious? It is not Michael Owen. Is it, is it European Cup or Champions League? Uh, Champions League. So, so it's not Alan Evans. Uh, ben Woodburn score in a... No, he scored in the League Cup against Leeds. Oh, uh... He might have got one off his arse somewhere. You see, the, the only thing about the way that this quiz is structured is if neither of you get the answer, then I'm afraid I am the supreme champion uh, of the quiz world. That's how this goes. Nothing like a good dictatorship to be a part of. Um, sorry, Donald. Um, I, I shouldn't have said that. Just do what you're told. <laughs> <laughs> can, we just, can we do the cans again, please? <laughs> You know what, I'm absolutely baffled on this youngest. Um, Robbie Fowler? Not Robbie. Not New European Cup. Give us a year, Trev. I'll give you an era. I mean, you don't know the year. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) I could give you a year, but I'm not giving you a fucking year. Now you've made me curse and there are children listening to me. I'll give you an era. It's... Rafa Benitez era. Jack Robinson. It's not. We could be here all night, can't we? Shall I give you the answer? Richie Partridge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it usually is. Lee Jones. Was Was it English? Was it English? Is he English, sorry? He's not English. Oh, right, okay. Why was I going along the English line? Black Whitbread. 
he's American. You've got it right there. Um, Readers, it was David and Gog. Really? Mm. Wow. He only scored four goals. So I'm afraid to tell you that that means... Yeah, well, you know what that means. Carl, you were, uh, you were getting a bit grumpy there, a bit early in the show. So um, what have you got for us to start? Well, well I'm a bit grumpy because I just found out that I put the link out for my Sun Green Graph and a ball piece on my, my mate. Uh, Gordon's just pointed out that it really needs a link to go on the tweet so people can read it. And ah. I've been doing that for nine hours thinking, why have I only got two for two clicks? That's weird. Maybe because I'm an idiot. Um, can I ask again, what, what number, this would affect my opening quote, what number show is this? This is 283. Oh, damn it, I thought it was 273. No. Okay, I was going to talk about absolute zero, the coldest it can be in the universe, but never mind, uh, which is minus 273.15 <laughs> Celsius. You've missed uh, it. In that case, I want to talk, I'm going to, I've got a little poem for you, or part of it. Good God. From her beacon hand glows worldwide, welcome. Her mild eyes command the airbridge harbour that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands, you storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of the teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempest tossed to me. I'll lift my lamp beside the golden door. And that is relevant to today, today's date. Well, it's Lady, Lady Liberty... Uh, it is. You got it from uh, Huddled Masses. And today's date and Lady Liberty is the date what of delivery from? No, in 1916, on the 2nd of December, which is when we're recording this, Woodrow Wilson turned the light 1916? on. 1916? Yeah. It's 1916? Not today, no, Cam. We've oh, moved on a bit now. I'm sure you said we're recording this on the 2nd of December, 1916. Oh, We're recording on the 2nd of December, full stop. Not a comma, a full stop. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> in 1916, no, President sorry. Woodrow Wilson... I, I missed that with my one ear. Okay. <laughs> oh, Cam, there's a book that I'm going to recommend for you called Eats, Shoots and Leaves. It's very, yeah. impo- it's very important little book about commas. Uh, tell us more about Woodrow Wilson. Uh, well, he was um, president from 1914 to, I want to say 1918. He was only a one-term president, wasn't he? I have to think about that. Was he two? Very useful man for um, the Paris. Very bright man. Kept sheep on his lawn. Mm. On the Mm. White House lawn. Um, Wilson. And he was was very ill. In fact, there's a bit of a constitutional crisis about him because basically his wife looked after the country because he was too ill for like three months or something, because he didn't have a VP or something. I can't remember the whole thing. Um, he set up the League of Nations after the end, at the end of the First World War, and everyone said, no, nah, let's not bother with that. And then a few years later, said, oh, should we try this thing called United Nations? And he might as well have just said, um, that's pretty much what I was saying in 1918, but you all told me to start off. Mm-hmm. A very bright man, Woodrow Wilson. Very bright man. Yeah, I, I, have, I, have, I have Woodrow Wilson t- theories, but this is neither the time nor the place. Oh, God, not again with the lizards. I'm afraid there may be lizards involved. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. What is it now? Kaminder, what have you got for us, brother? Uh, I'm going to go along the uh, same vein as yourself. Uh, not the lizards. Well, the lizards are real. We know the lizards are real. You know, Why deny the truth? I don't know. It's it's he's he's only he's only he's only hurting himself, Cam. Yeah, yeah it's all you with your with your with your with your face nappies, isn't it? It's going too long. 
Good God. Good God. <laughs> not, not even this show can go that low. Good, good Lord. <coughs> Actually, have you, have you seen all the credit the government have taken today for um, getting the vaccine into the UK? Because apparently it's because they left the EU, even though it was the European laws that allowed us to get the vaccine that quickly. Because we haven't officially left till the 1st of January next year. It would be a surprise if anything, I mean anything, to do with that shower was neither, was either not humorous or farcical or simply disgusting. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that in the least. Really, I'm not surprised to hear that in the least. I was going to do a thing today, actually. Well, I was going to say that the people took a vote. Let me just say that. <laughs> the, the people took a vote, Carl. Um, I, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna play a thing um, by George Carlin talking about um, uh, germs and and, and, and uh, immune systems. Only about oh, not that many years ago, it's horribly prophetic. Uh, but I just thought it might strike a wrong note with some people who are perhaps a little bit more um, on the fearful side. And I don't want to do that to anybody because everybody needs to deal with this in their own way. So I didn't do it, but maybe it'll be a time and a place further on your quiz, Cam. I'm looking forward. Yes. Looking quiz, forward how to... did you know I was doing a quiz? You just, you just said it. You just said it. Yeah. Right then. I'm um, good like that, Cam. I listen. I know I know it's a thing that, you. that neither yourself nor Carl are into. You're, you're, you're the only listener of me of this show. One of us, however, must listen for this show to function. That's how I usually work. Go for it. Okay. Um, First answers only. Okay. Five questions. How many teeth does an adult human have? 28? No. 34? No. 32. Yeah, 32. No one got that one. I think I got it. You were closer. All right. We'll do it like... We'll, we'll do it like wingman, shall we? Right. <laughs> you were closer. You know, you know, because you are the reigning supreme overlord of the world. Thank uh, you for right. acknowledging that. I Thank you. I appreciate yeah, you. Acknowledging which, which isn't, but you yeah. didn't actually win the last quiz, but go on. <laughs> Just won the quiz earlier on. <laughs> that was your own quiz, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I won it. I won oh, it. Uh, <laughs> it's free people. Honestly, um, what is the largest bird of prey in the world? <laughs> Golden eagle? No. Oh, no, it's not you, I've got a terrible, terribly, terribly fun PC answer, but I'm not going to put it out there. Go ahead. What is what is the what is the largest bird of prey? The Andean condor. Well, of course it is. Okay. Have, have you seen the movie Condor Man? Yes. I, I, went to, about I went it. to cinema to see that in the 80s, and it was pretty awful, but it, it, going to the cinema was a bit of a treat, so I just made myself enjoy it, but I saw it again afterwards. What a terrible film. Oh, my God, it's so bad. <laughs> the clue was in the name that it would be terrible. Now, you know, looking back, I agree with you, but then I went to see films called Cannonball Run in the 80s. So oh, like, they were brilliant. What, 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 what's in the name? Cam, what's in the name? Anyway, quiz question number three. We're both doing so well here. What is the, the biggest state in America? Texas. No. Alaska. All right, one one answer. Only. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on, come on! What would you like to say? 
far. He's gone for a. He's gone. Sorry about that. <laughs> he's he's still tweeting. <laughs> I'm back. Have you uploaded your link? Did you hear the question? Carl? No, I didn't. No. What is, what, <laughs> good God! What is the biggest state in, in the America? USA? Alaska. Yes. I I what the. <laughs> I I did, I set the rules clearly at the beginning. One answer only. For the record, for the record, Carl, I just said that, and <laughs> now you get to come in and copy my answer. So that's one all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I I gave you the nearest one. Yeah. I can't believe you gave me that. Well, no, you're giving him that one, the one he got wrong. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Close enough. Um, <laughs> Who wrote Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? What? Walt Disney. So, oh, is it? <laughs> is it? No. Is it? Is it? It's, it's not a. It's not a. It's not a Hans Christian Andersen one, is it? No. No, you're both wrong. And Drinkle was wrong with Sleepy as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Brothers Grimm. Ah, oh, grim fairy tale. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. this is the decider. Uh, I've got a choice of two. It's I not think really because I'm two up, but go on. Are you two up? <laughs> <laughs> where, where did you get two from? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just whining, Carl. Up, go on. <laughs> we talk about your teaching qualifications. Did you just go in one day and say, I'm a teacher. probably I'm a teacher now, you know? <laughs> Carl, of course that's what I did. <laughs> Come on, man! I was an actor first. Of course, that's what I did. Go on, anyway. All right. Um, I think the second question is you'll both get straight away. So, um, I'll do the I'll do the first one, and then we'll have the last one as a tie break. So I don't think you'll get this one. Oh, well, all right, we'll do nearest. Do nearest on this one, okay? So it's a number answer. How many eggs does the average chicken lay per year? Um, Hang on, I'll wait till the farmer's boy gets it wrong, then I'll go near him. I'm I'm thinking like maybe it's 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 an an egg a day, and then we'll, we'll say three fifty. I'll go two seven five. <laughs> <laughs> so close, fair play. Well, no drink or not fifty thousand. Um, that's a lot of eggs. That's what basically shitting eggs constantly, isn't it? 50,000. <laughs> Non-stop. Yeah. 10 a day, or whatever, even more than that. Uh, it's, on average, 260, so 275 was very good. Well, obviously, obviously that, that point goes to Trev, obviously. Because <laughs> um, he picked a number. What was the last question? Clearly, I've won that, but... Yeah, in theory, you have one car, but, you know... We, no, no, you said this last down. one was Decider. And no, I don't know. Was downgraded to a, a, <laughs> I got a, a rampant victory for, for Downey. I got the teeth one and I got Alaska before he, just because he got, cause, just because he went off. I just so got, got decided off. to give two answers. Yeah, I, uh, oh, you didn't go, you didn't go Texas, did you? <laughs> yeah. Schoolboy Downey, schoolboy error. <laughs> Like you, like you weren't listening all along, waiting for my, me to do the off. right answer, just like you did again. I, I can tell you about the smaller states if you want. I can name all fifty states if you want me to. 
I can name, like John Robbins, I can name 197, 196 countries in the world. That's okay. That's okay. I'm sure sure you could probably, if we were to make an argument about it, you know, I I guarantee you, your dad would beat up my dad. (laughs) He'd have a job at the moment, but we could try. (laughs) So, so, you know... Cam, give us the decider, because you know the decider. No, no, I did. Again, you claim to listen, but you didn't actually. What I said was, I have one. I've got a choice of two here as the last question. I'll leave this one as the decider, if need be. That's not really what you said, and um, I'm sure the listeners heard what you said, as they've heard that I actually won. But it's fine. We'll let you <laughs> go along with your individual course, narratives. Here's, here's the last question. Then here's the last question. In which English seaside town? Was Faulty Towers set? Uh, it's Swanage or something. Wait, 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 wait. Swanage, Torquay. No. Yes. It's not Torquay. You can see Torquay, he says, but it's it's Swanage or something like that. Because Manuel says it at one point. Torquay. Torquay. It's not talking. <laughs> Brage. Do you want to die in that hill car? It's not it's not talking since you can see talking, but it's it's Swanich or something like that. Um, would you just mind saying who got the correct answer? <laughs> anyway, should we get on with the rest of the show? <laughs> My arms are aloft. Why are you lost? My arms are aloft in pure K. Dalgleish fashion. I have a big shit-eating grin on my face. Do you know what I love about these quizzes? You know you lost. You know what I love about these quizzes? Just how crabby they get. It's like they're. It's just like it's just like both of you can't help yourself. It brings out the worst in both of you. You lost. You're nice people, like you're good lads. But Jesus, when there's a quiz involved, fuck. Anyway, we need to move on because that was. We talk about Ajax's draw last night. Getting quite contentious. Um, let's talk about the the Ajax game. There are several things I wouldn't mind talking about um, in relation to that. So, what did you want to start with, Carl? Curtis Jones hat trick. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, he's a marvelous man because he got three goals. Apparently, according to the Downey method of deciding what things are and what <laughs> things aren't. Yeah, well, if Curtis decided he got three goals, then that's what he got. <laughs> that's fine by me. <laughs> You know, we now currently are on, on 21 points in the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you, is that what you decided? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just, uh, I've got the Downey calculator in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you, you can Try. go on go on and on. It's just, you know, you, you, you just sound like bad sports. Um, and that's all there is to it. Um, I, I won my own quiz and I won Cam's quiz. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very aware of how how Trumpian that sounds, and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it's quite um, fitting um, of the times, isn't it? I I won by a lot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you going to tweet that later? Yeah, I, I, in capitals, in all caps. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say the 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 what what I call you the the crazy cam and. Uh, Crazy Cam and 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 Krabby Carl. Lock it, yeah. lock him up. 
Yeah, lock them up. Um, and get, yeah, I, w- I won, and they know it. I won big. So Carl has to stop the count, and I have to do the count, yeah? Yeah, you have to count the lizards. <laughs> and pay, me, pay someone $3 million to do it as well. Only we only need to lose more. million so far, hasn't he? No, it is. I have to say, my favourite bit of all of this um, current stuff is how they're highlighting the absolute lunatics in the um, evangelical uh, movement who've been who've been supporting them. Oh man, they're so there's 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 um, the main spiritual advisor. She's a lady. She is. I thought she was. Oh God, the woman who keeps doing that with her hand. Yes, and, and, and talking, talking things, speaking in tongues and all that. I thought she was bananas until I saw this other guy, Kenneth. It, oh, Ken, I'll go say Kenneth Lonergan, but it's not it's Kenneth something or Copeland, I think. Wow. I mean, that guy, he's next level crazy. But we should start talking about football before all our listeners um, sue us for breach of uh, practice. So what is it that you want to talk about in relation to the football? The, the floor is completely open. Um, we should talk, let's, let's start, let, let, let's start with Curtis and then the, the floor is completely open because I think it, it warrants more than a little bit of a mention just how good that kid was last night. And uh, it comes off the back of being taken out of the team and having not such a good game before he got taken out of the team. So to do what he did last night was tremendous, I thought. Um, just, I'm massively excited about him as a footballer. I, I thought even, to be honest with you, um, the, the nature of the finish itself was just so calm and cool. Um, there are not too many footballers who could or would even try that. Um, it's a big boost, Cam, heading into Christmas to have a kid who's going to be, you'd like to think, um, fairly indestructible, playing as well as that. Yeah, I mean, um, he's a special talent. He's uh, mature beyond his years, isn't he? Uh, he's he looks really settled within that group of players. Of you know, he's he doesn't look out of place with that group of players. Sorry, and that shows you the level he's at, and it only bodes well for what level he can go to. Um, did he play in the Leicester game as well? And and well with it, and then it was and, the, ga- the game yeah. after that. It was yeah, which was well. I had the um, the dirty manx say to me, "Who's that kid?" You know, they they even thought after the Leicester game, "Wow, you know, he he looks like something." And I said, "Yeah, well, you know, we've got some we've got some really good youngsters coming through, and there's there's more. That's the beauty of it. There is more." You know, we, we, we've seen not just Curtis, you know, um, who had a wonderful game last night and, um, you know, scored a great goal, you know, kept his composure, kept his eye on the ball. And, you know, just antis- the anticipation that the keeper's going to do something wrong and to carry on with his run. Because most players would have stopped because they would have thought, keeper's going to get the ball. He's gone up for it. Outside yeah. of the boot as well. Outside yeah, of the boot. Outside of the boot. Most, people, most players would have tried it with the left foot there. Of course they would. And and yeah. they would have put it back across the face of the goal at best. Yes, exactly. So, um, no, uh, I thought Curtis was, uh, was, was, was wonderful last night. And 
I think the, the other two youngsters deserve a lot of praise as well, especially young Nico. Um, for the, I believe he's been getting some stick on social media after some of his performances and to play like that last night when he's got better players around him who can help him through the game. And you could see that there's a slightly different mindset the way he was playing last night compared to other games. Uh, he was a little bit more um, assured and a little bit more confident because of maybe he felt he had better cover around him. So it allowed him to be a little bit more adventurous in the way he played. I mean, nobody, nobody took him apart. He, he was great in the tackle. Um, he was good at stopping the crosses. Um, it was a great cross for, for Curtis to get the goal. Um, you know, who would have thought that? Who would have said that at the beginning of the game that it would have been Nico assisting Curtis for the, for the winning goal? Made in Kirby, wasn't it? It was made in Kirby, that goal. Precisely. Did you see that lovely photo going going around today showing the two lads playing as actual kids for one of the Liverpool underage teams and running away in celebration after a goal? Looks like Curtis has scored. His beam is a bit wider. And then, you know, they're shown opposite um, side by side again last night. And it's just that kind of thing is so gratifying, I have to say, to see kids coming up through the ranks. And Carl, you know, Cam alluded to the fact that Nico received quite a lot of abuse and you and I are on on the socials a bit more than calm at the moment so you find yourself sort of exposed to these imbeciles um, via retweets not necessarily the people you follow or else they'd soon be people you don't follow but you know a lot of people like to do this quote tweet thing which I find unsettling and I wish people would stop doing it um, just putting it out there but you see you get to see these um, dopes and the things they're saying and here's the truth of it. If we were being perfectly honest, Carl, I think it's fair to say that Nico had a couple of very uncomfortable games where he yeah. looked uncomfortable. And here's the other thing that it's fair to say. He is a kid. And generally speaking, that's how it goes with kids. They'll come in, they'll have a wonderful game, then they'll have a bad game, then they'll have another wonderful game. This is how it goes with kids. And it's only the rare ones, the absolutely exceptional ones like Trent Alexander-Arnold, where you get the majority of good games. Do you know what I mean? So, like, to, to not expect that to be built in, to be baked into the pie um, in terms of, of, of youngsters' performances is just naive. It's like, how long have you been watching football? I've got, I've got a few theories about this. I think part of, that, part of that is the fact that there's no one in the ground and therefore people are drawing um, opinions and narratives from social media, whereas in the ground... If, 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 Nico has a bad game in the grounds. People go, ooh, occasionally, but they sing his name at the end of the game because that's what you do. He's had a bad game, but, you know, we all know he's a kid. We're all going to help him through it. In the same way, you know, I keep talking about when Adrian came on against um, uh, Norwich last season. He got, he got like a reception like it was Ray Clemens coming back. And, um, and that helped him enormously. And we can't do that at the moment. So people are always keen to highlight the negative things. I think there's also an element of people being spoiled by Trent and thinking every right back in the world as a teenager, should be like that. No, it doesn't work like that. Nico's developing at a different rate. And, well, Nico's also a, or Neko, as um, Manaman calls him, yeah. is also um, a full international. He's a full goal-scoring international. And he's just moving into a, a team where the full-backs are absolutely vital to everything we do. All the creativity comes in the wings. And he's got to match that for Trent. And, 
I'll, I'll go even further. The right back's even harder because he's got to judge all the time when to go and when to stay. And if he gets that wrong occasionally, there's going to be someone behind him who'll go, right, I think you've just gone a little bit too far there and I can take a ball here and you're going to have to come back and foul me. Or worse. Oh, yeah. And that you can't teach that to a teenager. You can only teach that through 100 league games. You only know when. I mentioned it on the show before about the Trouty Shield a few years ago where De Bruyne had Trent on toast all the time. He just put the boards exactly where Trent didn't want it because Trent likes to wander up too much and he wasn't getting the cover this time. Um, if you want to have a go at Nico Williams, have a go at every single teenager in the world who's currently playing football. It's because people are spoiled. Nico's going to be fine. He's not going. To, he's not Trent. He probably won't be Trent. But one thing he isn't is a bad footballer. He's just playing a very, very difficult position and he's doing all right at it. Yeah, you you don't get into a Jurgen Klopp side um, unless you've got um, what it takes. And there are several people who are <clears throat> testament, who can testify to that, guys who would consider themselves and have considered themselves to be top-class footballers who can't get a sniff. Um, so, you know, it, it's, 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 it just never ceases to amaze me. And look, we should speak about the third member of that trio of kids who did so well because, like, I think everybody, um, we, we haven't actually talked about this. Obviously, we, we, the big news we missed by not doing a show last week was we missed, um, talking about Maradona. It seems a little bit, little bit after the Lord Mayor's show now to do it at this stage. Um, but one of the things that was really doing my head in was just how relentlessly awful and continual the bad news and bad buzz and bad vibes around football were. Um, not just the injuries. The bullshit with VAR, um, all the stupid nonsense going on in the media as well. And it just felt sort of like there was no fun to be had. And it's particularly the lack of being able to celebrate in the moment. So when you get a bit of joy or a lot of it, like we did last night, um, and Jurgen said it was one of the most important Champions League results in his time. And I can see where he's saying it. You should really revel in that crack. And part of it last night was watching big Queeving Gallagher doing his thing. Um, not many could have expected that because I think if we're being completely honest and we saw him before, we thought, okay, he's a big guy. Good. Um, he's got good feet. Excellent. But if we're being perfectly honest, when we saw Queeving in the, in the cups, um, there was something a little bit uncertain about the handling and the presence. Those two things seem to have been redressed last night and he looks a unit now in a way that he did in a couple of months ago. Um, I just, I was so impressed with him. He was calm, um, really calm, really composed. And the first thing where I went, woof, he'd handled the ball well a couple of times and he threw a ball out to Sadio Mane with outside spin on it right into Sadio's running path. And I was like, that is fantastic. That's a confident lad doing confident things. He obviously made the saves as well, Cam, but, you know, he just looked composed, which I think we needed far more than anything because that's the thing that you don't get necessarily with our other goalkeeper, Adrian, is the just the calmness and composure. I think what I noticed most last night was the fact that because he was so good with his feet and it was with either foot, the defence was able to play the high line they wanted because yeah. he, he his starting position was not as high as Alisson's, but certainly not as deep as Adrian's. And with his starting position where it was, he, he enabled the defence to 
take that little bit of pressure off himself as well. And his, both of his feet were, were very, very good. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've, I've yet to see a keeper be as two-footed as that, you know, and pass the ball as well as he did. His handling was extremely good. His, uh, the, the, the save he made from the header that was offside from Klassen, I felt was uh, actually the best save he made because he had to get low down. Whereas the other two saves he made, the one was, they were not that they were easy saves to make, but they were more, he had a little bit more, they were, they were, probably, they were easier than that one, I felt, if I'm going to say it actually that way. So I felt he, he did everything right. He kept it simple. He kept it tidy and just really good. And, and I'm one of those who cannot pronounce his first name. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. You know, and there's a point there as well, just to, to, just to follow up on what you said. Ali does that all the time as well. Uh, there's a, a player clearly offside. The flag is going to go up, but Ali will make the save because yeah. psychologically he's saying, you're not getting the ball past me. And even if he has to really work to make the save, he will do it. And I thought that was a fantastic psychological thing for, for Queeveen last night to do because it, it, it's, it's really easy. So it's like, think of K-W-E-E and then V-E-E-N, Queeveen. It's really easy. Yeah, you've got it. So, so it's, 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 I just thought, you know, that was great. But I don't know, dude, that point blank save at the end from Huntelaar. Yeah, that was brilliant. It was a brilliant save. That is a reflection or a reaction save. It's, 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 it's it's pretty outrageous. And, and Carl, to see the kid interviewed afterwards as well, he seems to be exactly the type of kid you want around the club, like very humble, um, genuinely just, down to earth and happy to be part of the group and doing this thing, but also quietly confident in that way that you like to see too. Yeah, I mean, there's every chance you might get a game on uh, on Sunday against Wolves. You know, if, I think if, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see why I shouldn't. To be honest, he's um, yeah, it's just really, really, just just good to see. I saw him live at um, when we played MK Dons uh, in the League Cup a couple of years ago, and he, he made some really good saves then. So I've sort of always known he was okay. Um, it's just. Uh, it's, it's a huge step for him. And they kept going on last night on the telly about, you know, oh, that's another increase in his confidence. Lads, he's playing against Ajax in the European Cup. You know, they <laughs> talk about confidence. Man, yeah. I'm playing for Liverpool Football Club against Ajax. That's not nothing, you know, in, uh, and, and in a competitive game at the same time. And you've got to also think about that Ajax were just about to be sort of ousted thanks to um, Midgetland getting the draw or even winning at one point. And, he just looked completely unfazed by the whole thing. And he's got remarkable hair. There's a, there's a mate of mine said on Twitter last night, he said that he's amazed that he had to do the interview because he was going to run off to join uh, Richard Clayderman's backing band at the Holiday Inn. But, uh, <laughs> Richard Clayderman. Richard Clayderman, everyone. What a blast. That's one for the kids. That's, yeah, one, that's one for the, for the teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Richard Clayderman was, was a, a pianist with a big mop of of Luke Skywalker type um, blonde hair. He was I, sort, I, of, I, sort of I, I was on, on 80s TV, wasn't he? For some yeah. reason. That's not oh, always with a tuxedo on with a white jacket. Yeah, yeah. Always. But, but, but the thing Just one about... more thing quickly, sorry. Um, I think also we all 
uh, a lot of us owe John Acterberg an apology because a lot of us were saying he was bad for the goalkeepers. Yeah, we suddenly got Adrian. We know he's a great shot stopper, but he hasn't improved. That shows the level he's at. But we know how good um, Alison Becker is. And Alison Becker hasn't regressed in any way. He's got better. So, um, <laughs> guy saying, don't know, he's made an early injury prone. Possibly, possibly. But we look at Kelleher now, Quiven, and we, and we see now, we're, we're now Quivin. talking about him. We're now talking about him being uh, the natural number two. So he doesn't, you know, let's give uh, Actenberg a little bit of credit as You well. know why that is, don't you, though? Don't you, Cam? Go on. He uh, retweeted me last week. I'm just going to leave that there. Actor. Yeah, Big John, yeah. Big John. Oh, uh, yeah, Big John. Big John. Big John. Big John. Big Have you been in the cop when um, Hacksburg has warming up the goalkeepers? Yeah. Uh, and then um, he'll give his gloves to some kid in the cop? Yeah. He does that every home game. Yeah. Just a nice man. I yeah. would say one thing about Acto um, is he needs to have a word with Big Quivin, um about his stick-on beard because that thing is, uh, as as I saw it put brilliantly last night on Twitter, it looked as if he was after getting done up to play a shepherd in a primary school nativity play, you know, with one of those sticky-on little beards. Uh, he's got to he's got to he's got to work on that. that. That beard is not ready for public display yet, Quivine. Um You're a tremendous man, but I think you need to rethink that uh, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, we uh, there's so many other bits and bobs I, w- I want to get to, but I did say I'd leave the floor open to yourselves. I wanted to talk about the kids uh, last night, so um, you boys are usually um, floating around with big ideas in your heads during the week related to football that you want to get off your chest. So the floor is yours, Chance. What what is it you'd like to talk about? Oh, what are we gonna do? The oh god, can we do with Manaman instead of doing VAR? I don't know. I mean, VAR I think has um, has reached epic levels at the moment of um, absolute <laughs> disgust. And, well. Um, well, well, I'll I, Steve McManaman. Yeah, Steve, 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 we can, we, it's almost like a light-hearted version um, of the annoyance, uh, on the annoyance scale. Where I am with VAR, just, uh, I, want, I, I do want you guys to talk about it, but I just, I, I, I'll just frame it with, with, with where I am at. I'm done. I think it's absolutely been a failure. It is a failure. Yeah, I've, got, I've gone totally now. I, I, I really, uh, like I said last week, I know, I know there'll be people who are just, you know, just sort of inherently want progressiveness or for the sake of it. Um, I, I don't, I can't, I can't subscribe to it anymore. It has absolutely it as an entity, as an, as a thing that exists in football and the application of it specifically, I get that. And if anyone, I swear to God, if anyone tweets me back saying, well, it's not VAR, it's the people who are using VAR, I will actually climb through Twitter and find them. Because yes, obviously, when people say that, they're not being imbeciles. They know exactly um, what the process is. And I'm just done with it. It has absolutely sapped the joy out of it for me. I don't celebrate goals anymore. That is the worst thing ever that could happen in football is for the fun to be taken out of it. And that thing, single-handedly, 
uh, its existence as part of the football situation has taken the joy out of football for me. And it's not because uh, decisions are going against Liverpool, it's because I can't celebrate a goal. And what is the fucking point if you can't celebrate a goal in the moment? Um, Andy Robbo was very eloquent about it during the week. I thought he made the point nice and calmly and very measuredly. Um, but again, maybe I'm being a bit extreme. So the floor is yours, Jess. What do you reckon? Go on, Carl. Well, I should come off mute first. Um, yeah, it's uh, the thing that bothers me about it now is that there's somebody sat in a room somewhere who's deciding what the final score should be. And that's no good to anyone. I mean, you can talk about, was it a penalty against Welbeck? Even Welbeck said it was soft when he took it, because of course he was. And I agree with people who say, yeah, but, you know, if we'd done that, then we'd be celebrating it. But I can't get on with drawing lines on a pitch. I can't get on with... As you, people say, you know, you can't celebrate goals anymore. The other side of that is when someone scores against you, there's a, there's a fair chance it's not going to go in because they'll find something. And I didn't mind the old system where the refs occasionally got something wrong, but what I won't have is people in suits telling me what the final, what they reckon the final score should be. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. Like, you know, t- two penalties and two offside goals in our game. I'm still not having Salah as offside, by the way. I didn't see that at all. No, me it, it was nice last night just to watch the game and thinking, no, we've scored now and they can't ruin this. this that's a genuine goal. He's yeah. pointing at the circle already. He hasn't got to go through his mates. And, and my mate Caroline came up with some of this up perfectly. So she said, VAR should not be a training programme for referees because that's what it is at the moment. Um, he'll blow for something. Hang on, no, his boss said, you know what, come, come and have a look at this a minute. I don't want that. I, w- I want certainty in the ground. And and the, the running running to the, the monitor thing is just like, you know, give whatever we tell you we're going to say. That That's all that is to me. Of course it is. And and the overwhelming majority of decisions have gone exactly that way. I think that you can count in the fingers with about two fingers the amount of people who've either not, who've not gone with the recommendation from Stockley Park uh, and have stuck by their original decision or whatever it happens to be. Um, and that's not good because the and, and there, there is a bang of subjectivity off of Carl. That's what that's what kills me about this. Um, I I love the Hawkeye thing. I have to say I love the Hawkeye thing because it is a definitive yes or no on whether a thing a goal a ball is over the line or not. I have a zero issue with that, even when we lose out like we have done on several occasions by a centimeter and that's perhaps true. perhaps even a title lost by a similar margin and very recently a goal which did not stand from a similar margin so I, I, I but i'm okay with that because that is just that's just black and white that's just that's how it is and the technology can't be quibbled with what can be quibbled with is the apparent subjectivity in the way that it's being applied well that's it if it, vr works if you take humans out of it it's as simple as that. But you can't do that because we because of the we see things differently all the time. Someone is absolutely David Cruz was absolutely convinced that Jordan Henderson was offside. Absolutely convinced. Sorry, Sadio, wasn't it? Sorry. Um that's a subjective thing. And if it's a subjective thing, that means David Cruz just decided what what happens in the derby. If it's if VR works if unless if, if humans don't humanise it. And of course, they've got to humanise it because we're human. Write that down on a T-shirt. And that's gold. Um, yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah. And uh, 
I mean, the last thing we want on VAR, Trev, is you, because frankly, you overrule everything anyway, as it is, <laughs> and just make up your own decisions and answers for whatever. It's 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 David Downey, isn't it? Oh my God, we know someone called David Downey. Don't know Donald Downey. Donald Downey. There's your title, lads. Right there. If you think that's gone as the title of the show, you've got another thing coming. I, over, I, I overrule it. It's going to be the greatest quiz man of all time, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be Trev quiz man. I won by a lot. That's what the title's going to be. Um, it's apparently. <laughs> but 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 Cam, I know you want to have your tuppence worth in this. I think yeah. you're 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 bent out of shape about it too, right? Oh, totally. I mean, um, I, I agree with everything you said. How. The goals that have been scored lately, I've not celebrated. I've gone, yes, when the ball has gone. And then I thought, oh, shit, no, something's going to happen here. Um, I was convinced the, the Mo goal was a goal. Um, I couldn't understand how it was given offside, why they suddenly decided to use his feet when his body was leaning one way. And, and what's annoyed me most about what's happened with VAR this season is how they've changed all the interpretations of everything they're doing. The, there was no clear and obvious error when he did not give the penalty. Exactly. When it was, even though it was a penalty, I, I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty because Robbo kicks the foot. He hasn't played the ball. He's played them. He's kicked the man. That is a foul. Whether we like it or not, according to the laws of the game, you kick an opponent. That is a foul. So, but the fact is, the referee didn't deem it a foul. So he hadn't made a clear and obvious. Well, no one did. No one he did. Was, he, he was looking right at it. And what, and what it was, if you watch Welbeck's reaction, he, there's a there, there's more than a delay. You know, we've always, you know, all the other opposition fans have gone on about. Well, look at the way Salah's delayed to go down. Obviously, this is the, this proves the point. If you don't go down, you don't get the penalty. Yeah. That's but also, Brighton, Brighton carried on playing. Because they, they, they knew it wasn't a penalty. Yeah. They, they didn't feel it was a penalty. So, that, that I have one issue with that. The second issue I have is, when it comes to drawing the lines on the pitch now, you cannot determine the exact point at which the ball is being kicked to then determine those lines. Because you cannot tell if that ball is off the foot or is still on the foot when when they freeze that frame. So what they should do is is what the Dutch have done. And the Dutch have brought in a margin of error of five centimetres. And they're applying that in the line they're drawing. So if it if the player is even if he's off by five centimetres, they're deeming that to be onside. Because they're allowing for the margin of error of when the ball is being kicked. That sounds like a sensible solution to me to help with all these situations because that would then mean that the Salah goal was correct and the Mane assist was then correct for Henderson's goal. So but, you, you, you've got to be... The, the, the problem is the authorities, they're complicating a very simple thing. They're overly complicating it. I mean, suddenly now the offside is... If, if the top of the arm is now classified as a part of the ball you can is not is is uh, acceptable to score with. So the top of the arm is no longer offside. 
But Cam, it's impossible to read this as as anything other than sapping joy and entertainment from, from the game for the sake of doing that. It's impossible you, to read it as anything right, other right. than than a disservice to to fans. Fans are not Think being considered here. Think but of it, new fans now watching the game. They're watching that and they're thinking, "What the hell? Why would I want to carry on watching this?" So what is the what would be the problem with the thing that I've been suggesting for ages? I mean, even when I said it to, to Jan on the show the other day, he was saying, well, actually, that actually makes a lot of sense. What would be the problem with if part of you, if part of you is onside, then you're onside, as opposed to if part of you is offside, then you're offside. It's a, it's a, it's a spirit of the game thing. It's a, the whole concept of the 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 um the the benefit of the doubt going to the attacker that has always been part of the philosophy of the game uh, it, it make it, it will make for more goals it'll make for uh, more exciting play it'll make for people playing on the shoulder with the hope of getting a run in i mean what the hell is wrong with that what would be wrong with that as a way of interpreting it shall i tell you what's wrong with that suddenly becomes entertaining and the powers that be suddenly obviously don't want that this is why would saying. they want to entertain the pain public if, if I had a case, I would rest it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's it's almost totally. like a, a deliberate sapping of the joy from the game. I don't understand it because it seems it seems. But it's only here, I think, in in the, what is supposed to be the best league in the world. I'm I don't know if if, if the same issues are are in Europe, for example, in all the you know in La Liga or CRA or you know um, the Bundesliga. I don't think they have the same issues. I remember, I still go back to the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, the first few games they made an absolute pig's ass hole out of it. Yeah, and then they got it right. They got it right. How did they suddenly get it right so quickly? All of a sudden, then that the, from the after the group stages, you know the the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the the last sixteen, it was all fine. There was no drama. I sound like Donald. Oh, God. No drama. <laughs> so great. So great. So great. So great. <laughs> this is what you've done to me, Danny. Yeah, I because uh, I'm the one who brought this that fucking ghoul up. Definitely not the two of you with your crappy illusions. Uh, in the background... Um, Guy Drinkle has said that the main problem is that our best ref is Michael Oliver and uh, let's be honest he's a bit shite and all um, and the only issue I'd have with what Guy is saying there is that it doesn't even really come down to the referee at the end um, because if the referee is told if the, if the referee is told to turn something over um, then that's what happens yeah but he's told to turn it over by another referee yeah, I, I get, I, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, it, 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 whatever, whichever way we look at, look at it, it comes back to the incompetence of the referees in England. There's, there's, there's no other way. It, we're, we're having this debate now because of pure incompetence. I don't know. I don't know about that because I mean, firstly, let me stay here now for the record that Michael Oliver is a fucking awful referee. Because how can you look for an offside and, and fail to see a criminal act happen next to you and not bother looking at that? I, I think what it does more than anything else is it says to the referee, don't make any big decisions because we'll do them. And I always come back to the, the Chelsea game where um, Christensen was sent off for the, for the tackle on Mane. And the referee gives that as a yellow straight away. It's clearly a red, but he gives the yellow just so someone else can say, it's okay, mate. I've seen the video. 
It definitely, definitely, definitely is. Because if he gives the red, he can't really turn it down again afterwards. So he, he just hedged his bet. So I'll just go for yellow and I'll just get them to back it up. That's not refereeing. It's turning them into moral cowards. Yeah. It's, it's what it's exactly what it does. It's turning I mean, them into moral cowards. Here's another one. Did you see the incident um, West Ham Aston Villa? I didn't see and that the game, off- no. Okay, well... The Grealish, uh, it, Grealish offside or something. It wasn't Grealish. It was Watkins who was offside. Okay, he, sorry. The only reason he, he was offside was because he was being manhandled by the yeah. defender and yeah. he was trying to get out of the headlock he was in. So he'd had his arms out and because his arm was out, he was offside. It was in the penalty area. So if his arm wasn't out... He would have been on side, but his arms were out because of the headlock, so they didn't give the foul. Oh my so God. that would have been a penalty. Everyone knows, Cam, that when you're fouled, you've got to be fouled on side. It's perfectly simple. So if you headbutt a player off the ball and you and he's offside, it's okay. You've got to keep the line. See where the line is and then be fouled. I, I, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not being funny, guys. Yeah, I'm falling out of love with football. Well, uh, I'm, I, I'm genuinely I'm, falling out of love. With I'm football. right here with you, and if it wasn't for the fact that I have a lot of friendships, if it wasn't for the glorious Reds right now. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I have, I have two things. I have a lot of friendships through football that I wouldn't want to sack off, and I've, and you know, and and yeah. you know, and, and 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 you know, that's important. Um, and I and I have commitments to do these shows, and honestly, I think I'd love I'd have loved a break from it about a week ago. And last night was a massive fill up in that regard. I have to say, um, it really that sort of reinvigorated me a bit because I was I was done, man. I was sickened. The whole Des Kelly bullshit with BT that interview that really infuriated me immensely as well. And then having to endure Carragher and Neville talking about how he's like how Klopp is like Ferguson playing mind games. Bore off. I just found it all so intense. Michael Richards, tell you mate, Michael Richards saying you can't have five subs because that gives the big clubs an advantage. Can I just use the words Kevin De Bruyne here? He gives Manchester City an advantage over Sheffield United. Yeah, I mean, what type of argument is that? And it's—I I, I will never fall out of football because I've still got my own romanticised view of it and everything. But I can't listen to pundits anymore. I just can't. I mean, sometimes I find it quite interesting. The whole Klopp and Des Kelly thing, though, I thought what was more interesting about that was the fact that they let it play on because he'd, he'd personally chosen BT Sport to say you injured James Milner and. They thought, yeah, well, this this makes a debate. Well, I, I just think he made Des Kelly look like a prick, like the company man, company man he is. He did, but there was no, it was, and there was no need for Kelly to be so belligerent um, and so. Oh, he took it personally. He took it right, majorly personally. He did, uh, like as you say, a company man, but also disingenuous to a huge degree. And then, and then there was a Gary. I Lindegraf. think Gary never was disingenuous. But, yeah, and everything I, he was saying. But what about what about Lineker with his like well done Des Kelly? I mean, yeah. the, the, but and and, yeah. and what what's the common denominator there, chaps? And by the way, I absolutely include and actually hold more accountable Jamie Carragher in this. What's the common denominator? They're all getting it's paid. By, they're all getting paid by the, the by the media companies. Company it's, it's as yes. simple as that. Yeah. What about football? 
So you can't, you cannot, you cannot legislate for their opinions, and you, you, you certainly shouldn't put any weight by them. You know what I mean? Like a classic, a classic example of a guy that's got uh, who's famous, absolutely famous, renowned for his searing honesty, and uh, and, and and not suffering fools is Roy Keane, and Roy Keane will change his mind from week to week. Soonest is similar. Can be. I'd have a lot more time for for Sunas, especially in recent years. Um, he seems... I think as a pundit, he's, he's he's been good. Was wasn't so impressed with him as a manager. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But I think in recent years he's mellowed. He's a bit more humility about him, um, and therefore he's a bit more likable. Um, Unless your name's Paul Pogba. That seems to be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, I just remember issue. what I was going to say. So carry on, Trump. Then I want to. No, no, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I mean, what what these pundits are, are missing? The point that Klopp was trying to make, which I I don't understand why they're missing this simple point. If you're playing on a Wednesday night in Europe in a European game, do not give us the twelve thirty game on Saturday. That's all they he's been asking. The three o'clock game is fine. Now this week the games were. If you look at the the, the games, beat, uh, Sky get to choose the first two games for their for their slots. They could quite easily have picked Liverpool and Man City in those two slots, and then BT could have had a choice of either of the. They could have had Everton Leeds in the morning, who both played last weekend. That was the simple solution. But they chose, the TV companies chose which fixtures they want on at what time. They make that choice. It's not the Premier League that suddenly decides, okay, let's put um, Liverpool on at 12.30. It's chosen by the broadcasters. Let's, let's be clear about this. If I'm wrong, shoot me. Fine, I'll take the bullet. Yeah? Why, why, why was that, why was, why was your man Kelly so reluctant to even listen to the simple point that Klopp was made? And by the way, um, it, that guy did really well to, to not be headbutted by Jurgen because Jurgen was like, I thought he was very patient with a guy who was being completely antagonistic and belligerent towards him and repeating a point that Jurgen was going, yes, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, of course, I mean, it, it's the simplest rule in everything is you follow the money and the money men are the people who make the decision about when the games are played. It's that simple, Cam. You know? Yeah. And what, what, why is this such a difficult thing to understand? His producer would have been in his ear. Go on, go on, go on. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. You've got him now. You've got him now. Keep going, keep going. He's bit. He's taken. I, I, I think it was more defensive. I think it was more. So, oh, he's had, he's had a go. He's had a go there. Right, stay on him and bring him down. Because and they definitely stayed with it because Jay Humphrey said at the end, "Sorry, we um, we didn't get to discuss the game because that went on that interview." Which is why they did it, which I I, I was fine with because it meant less management. But um, that's exactly why they did it yeah, because they were personally because Klopp did it in the week, didn't he? He slagged off Sky in the week and they and they and the BBC and they, and they um, they censored him. So he's obviously thought, well, if you're going to censor me, I'll just do it when I'm live to make my point now. And BT went, hang on, well, he's had to go at us there. And then we've got, if, if we, if Kelly says, well, you know, that's another issue. So tell me about blah, blah, blah. Then it looks like, you know, that he might have a point. So they stood there and fought with him. And also, if you notice that, the Milner was the last question. Like he did the normal stuff. Then he thought, he said, well, James, James Milner, hamstring injury. 
And then Klopp said, yes, congratulations. And then it was kicked off from there. He knew loved... what they were doing. They let him go. They let him go. And he's like, he, he's got form, that guy. He's got form. And there's a Sky equivalent. What's his name? Oh, my God. What's his name? Uh, Vinny, Vinny something or other. Oh, he's... that man. He's got he's got form as well. Shreves has got form. They're they're literal touchline monkeys okay. who are sent out there to wind up the people afterwards, and yeah. um, that that's it's all part of it. Um, you know, I, I it's it's just it's it's just layered a, a, a sort of veneer of despicable, um, disgusting sort of goop on top of what had been a, a very very frustrating uh, evening anyway. But um, you yeah, might as well have said, uh, "Well, Jurgen, um, beat you in the war twice." Off you go. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? It would have been more honest. You know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It would have been more honest. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah can, can you call me a twat, please? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, how do you pronounce his name? Is it is it Keyvine? What's his name? You know, you could have just done that. Yeah, It's it's Queenine, by the way. Thanks, uh, Carl, just, for that. Just going to help you out with that. Yeah, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Um, not having a, a word of my mother tongue. Um, no. Because, as you know, as a teacher of my mother tongue, um, I did pretend to get my qualifications, as you rightly um, guessed earlier on the show. We should start wrapping this up. We've gone for an hour, and um, we need to get out with a little bit of a, a wind-up as usual. So uh, if you've got something specific to finish with, or we can do our usual TV rack, Rex, I'll leave it up to you. Do, do, do either if you have a thing that you want to do at the end? I've got a question. You've got a question. Lovely. Let's have the question. What's jackfruit? Oh, man, let me talk to you about jackfruit. Okay, this is interesting because my kid was home with me during lockdown. And we did the little shop together. We're going around and we see jackfruit. And curiosity got the better of us. And we brought it home. And it looks like tuna. Does it? Okay, I've got a tin of it here, but... It's just it, it, for what the best word I can use to describe it is it's months. It reminds me of the kind of shit I used to eat in student hippie vegetarian cafes back in the day. Um, kind of bland, tasteless matter. <laughs> you know, is it sweet? There's very little actual flavor from the stuff that I oh, had okay. from from the can that we had. I think what you do is you dress it up. I, I think that it's it, it, to me it had a, a real sort of almost not that they're similar in terms of texture, but a real kind of tofu buzz off it in that there's nothing to it. But if you put flavor, oh, okay. do you know? Now again, if I, I I I am free to be contradicting on that. That was my personal take, and I, and so it's like, it's like the, the fruit version of cress. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, although I'm be a bit more partial to cress. Honestly, I found it. I found that I, I found the whole thing a little bit um, depressing and, and disappointing, um, but I've enjoyed that jackfruit um, uh, a little, little alleyway. This, this is what the people want. It is, you know, it is. Um, Cam, what have you got to finish us with? Food related? Uh, no, nothing food related. Okay. Unless you want to, unless you want to talk omelets or pizzas. <laughs> your two, your two meals, the two meals you can cook. <laughs> no, no, I can't cook pizza. Well, Mrs. B does the great. Oh pizza. yeah, that's right. Of course, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. Well, can, can I bring up then that it's um, it's Mr. Brench's birthday this week? Well, I was I, I was hoping he would, but he, he's he's gone all bashful for once. For once, 
Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've been telling the family. It was Mrs. B's birthday yesterday. So, uh, happy birthday yesterday, Mrs. B. Um, happy birthday, I, indeed. Um, I was saying to them today, um, because I was saying, oh, a couple of days or whatever it is to your birthday. And um, I said, yeah, it's 2020. It's been cancelled. Let's oh. just cancel it. You know, it's just easier. You know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Wear a mask, people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Cam. That's probably the bleakest thing you've ever said in this show. <laughs> it really is. It really I, is. Don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I've said bleaker. I don't know. That's pretty asking people to Asking the, the anti-vaxxers to wear a mask is probably bleak to them. So um, I'm sure we haven't got any of those. I'm sure we haven't. We're, I'm sure we've got all five listeners of censors. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't mine. Should I, should I, should I play us out? I've, I got play a, us I've, out? Got, I've got a quote. Oh, you've got, got a quote? quote. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, don't forget, um, cop out. If you don't get this, I'll be really upset. Oh, yeah, bring it on. Who it is, who it is, okay? Right. When we hang the capitalists, they will sell us the rope we use. Is it anyone I'm named after? Think about it. Who would be the complete opposite of a capitalist? Someone, you know, who who would that, be... That's, that's where he was going that's with the question. <laughs> Is it Karl Marx, by any chance? Close. That is? Really close. Engels. No. Trotsky? No, no, no. Lenin? I've said Lenin. Castro? Stalin? Stalin! Hey. Well, I knew we'd get a Stalin quote eventually. <laughs> Excellent work. You just killed 50,000 people, that's all. Yeah. More than that, actually. Oh, I had some better ones than that. I thought I won't go too far. <laughs> <too dark. laughs> my my favourite part... My favourite part of that whole conversation is how you said that um, uh, Marx and Stalin were close. That's that's that was fun. I enjoyed that bit. Um, yeah, mate, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> they view the doctrine very in very very different ways. <laughs> I'm going to play us out with something that's um, uh, appropriate that was um, linked to us by Young Brainy earlier on. Um, I'm going you play to- them? Uh, it's Richard, ladies and gentlemen. It's Richard <laughs> <laughs> with the lovely Barbara Dixon. <laughs> with the lovely Barbara Dixon. <laughs> One for the teenagers. Oh my God! That's two today. Oh wow, 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 wow! Uh, Cam, I've got a quiz question for you to finish the show. Go on then. Name the song sung by Barbara Dixon and Elaine Page that was number one for years and years. I ain't got a clue. You do, man. Um, I, you know what my music's like. I mean, saying that is probably my era. So this isn't mu- this is this isn't music. This is this is this is the the thing, the stuff that was foisted on us in the eighties. Yeah, in the eighties, oh, I was thinking it was seventies. It's a great song, as well. Wasn't it good? Wasn't it fine? Isn't it madness? Isn't, isn't it madness? You won't be mine. Didn't I know? Oh, yeah, I could do the whole thing. I, 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 can, because... I, can, I can hear it, but I can't. I don't know what it was called. But there's a there's a friend of mine. Um, I, I often reference on it called Dev. Um, every now and then, I I literally have um conversations with his sister, based purely on the lyrics of that song. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> <laughs>
Dear God, that's a... Just every now and then, just, isn't it madness in Capital (laughs) I know him so well, Cam. I know him so well. Oh, yeah. I can just, I can just... You that just, was, that, was that it? That was 70s. That was an 80s. Um, that was mid 80s. That. that was number one for years. Yeah, Lane Page. That was fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. wham out and everything. You just and I get to put it on Instagram song. later. Excellent. You just know that uh, Carl Copper is going to be wandering around his gaff singing that and really trying to hit those falsetto notes as we go through the night. Uh, I'm, that makes me quite happy to think. Yeah, I don't remember about, being a, du- a duet. I, I just remember the Lane Page. So, uh, uh, there yeah, you go. There you go. You go. So, uh, without any further ado, we will say goodbye to you for this week. That has been the Anfield Index podcast. And you've heard Carl and Cam and myself, Guy, who's been contributing away in the background. He's still doing it, mentioning S Club Party. And Guy, what I'm going to ask you to do is just fade this out, if you could, and into the uh, theme music. But give it a couple of seconds so people can have a little bit of listen to our little tribute to David Prowse. Podcast Network.